Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I had to get up early for this one. Um, because my guest is uh, he's based in Sydney, Australia. It's Alex the Astronaut. And she's delightful. We had such a wonderful chat. Uh, spoke about, um, obviously, all the usual stuff. And we did touch on lockdown in, in, in Australia because um, my, my brother lives in Australia. And, and, and I think most of us were aware that the, the restrictions that were put in place over there were, were probably sort of tougher than, than, than most places in the world. Um, and, and so just was really interested to find out how that impacted on um, Alex as an artist. And and she, she mentions, you know, it's no big spoiler, but she does mention that uh, she got her, her live band put together in, in, in February 2020 and has literally never got to, to get out on the road with them. And so that's obviously happening now. And, uh, and we'll get into new music and, and, and tours and such uh, as, as this podcast unfolds. But, um, but yeah, before we get on with the, the, the episode, a few thank yous. Um, thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Always the biggest love and thanks go to you lot for listening, supporting and getting behind off the beat and track podcast. Um, you have been so kind. Um, I've had a, a real lovely time these last sort of few months um, recording these, and uh, and I, just to sort of give you a sort of peek behind the curtain to to ensure that we can sort of turn around two episodes a week, um, it does take a bit of work. I mean, it, for, for listeners to this podcast, some of you may know that I, I do have other podcasts as well, uh, and so you know, sort of spinning the plates and ensuring that you know you can arrange these conversations and get them produced and, and, and uploaded and, and done twice a week. Sometimes it's, it's, it's pretty tricky, but it's something that I love doing. I could drop it down to one episode a week and 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 probably have enough episodes in the back pocket to see me through for the next sort of three or four months. But I love having these conversations. I love it when I get offered somebody, uh, whether they be a, a, you know, a super rock star uh, or somebody that's just released their first record, you know, Everybody's got an interesting story. Everybody's got a passion for music, and I love having them conversations. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it it's not showing any signs of slowing down. And and the reason being is I love doing it, and it's so lovely when you lot drop us a message or 
give us a like, a love, a share, a retweet, you know, or go, oh, have you had this episode? And, you know, somebody will reach out to me going, oh, is that you on that podcast? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's lovely. And so, yeah. I'm starting to waffle now, but it's just me saying thank you, basically. Um, and I mean that. Thanks loads. Um, yeah, and so uh, also there, there's a there's a Patreon. I do put even more stuff out over there as well. And you can watch all the episodes over there ad-free. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all the kind of pre, pre-show pre waffle done. We can get on to the, the, the reason you're here, and that's to hear today's episode. Um, and it gives me great pleasure to say please enjoy of the Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Alex the Astronaut. Sorry, ladies and gents, I've just got to jump in quickly and tell you that this podcast is proud to be in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. That's right. Hotel Chocolat, those people that make all the delicious chocolatey stuff, right? They have been my partner now for close to two years, and I can't thank them enough. Um, and the one way that I can kind of help them is by telling all you lot about what they're up to. You know all about the chocolate stuff because you, you go and get your chocolates from there. But some of you like a little tipple of booze, right? So if you do, you need to check out their velvetized cream range. So what they've done is they've got loads of all your favorite spirits and then they've added their lovely chocolatey, magic-y stuff to it. So you can get like, uh, my favorite's the mint chocolate one. Go check out their mint chocolate velvetized cream because it is delicious. The salted caramel one will blow your socks off as well. There's loads. You need to go and check out uh, the alcohol range that um, Hotel Chocolat do. And I'm proud to tell you that this podcast is in partnership with Hotel Chocolat. Go check them out. But right now, get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Alex, how are you today? Fabulous. I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Where are you? Yeah. I'm in Sydney. I am in my apartment in Sydney and I'm, yeah. Lovely stuff. What time is it out there? It looks very dark. It's about uh, six, 5.30. All oh, right, cool, cool. This is, look at these bags under my eyes. It's quite early here. This is 8.30 a.m. Yeah, uh, what time is it? Oh. <laughs> huge amounts of coffee just to I get me going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I appreciate your time uh, and you coming on to talk records uh, with, with, with me, Alex. One of the things I oh, want to talk about first, uh, before we get mm-hmm. on to the, 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 the playlist, is... Um, is to just to sort of cast your mind back to to lockdown, and um, my my brother lives in um, not too far from you, and and I was obviously keeping a very close eye on lockdown uh, and the restrictions that were in place in Australia, and they were far stricter than a lot of places that I happen to find myself in throughout the lockdown process. So I just want to know how you found those eighteen months. Um, in, in in lockdown, both personally and creatively. Um, I don't think there's really many people that it wasn't terrible for. Like, it was like I was healthy, safe. You know, had a home to live in. All of those things. I think, but being in ho- at home on your own for a year and a half is is tricky and I found it really hard. I think 
I've discovered, I think I already knew, but I'm a pretty social person. Um, so I hated that. So I'd love now that I can go out and see people in real life and have some friends. Um, and then with music, I guess it was a good time to stay, sit home and write and, and make an album because usually I wouldn't have that much time to do writing uh, like I did. Like I spent so long on all of the different songs and usually I just wouldn't have that time. So I guess that was kind of good. But not getting to do live uh, music and kind of just losing, it felt like, my workplace, like people and uh, everyone was having such a rough time. It's just a bit, all a bit, all a bit sad, but it, yeah, it's nice to finally be able to kind of share all the stuff that all the musicians have worked on. And, and it's nice because you get to hear lots of new music because yeah. you've locked all these, <laughs> or locked all the, in, in, all the musicians inside and what else are we going to do? <laughs> did you put, did you put pressure on yourself when, you know, when there was that realization that 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 the lockdown wasn't going to be disappearing anytime soon, and like you know, it was going to take a, a bit of time for us to sort of get through this. Did you then go, well, okay, yeah. look, as a musician, I'm generally touring, I'm generally in the studio, and I don't really get any time to to, to stop and you know catch my breath. Did you then use? Did you feel like you had to put pressure on yourself to utilize that time and go right? I should be writing. I should be. I should be doing something now because I've got time and I should be spending it creating like how much pressure did you put on yourself there probably a fair bit like I'm pretty bad with that like I wouldn't yeah I didn't do very well at just sitting at home like I was like I'm gonna learn Spanish or something and then (laughs) I just stressed myself out and I should have just been like I mean I did plenty of Netflix show binging but yeah I just I did put a fair bit of pressure on myself. I think with this album especially I wanted it I was really like I just tried really hard to make it really good. So I think there was a lot of pressure with that just on myself of trying to work out, you know, how to make it better and and how to get better at music and I did guitar lessons and drum lessons and production and you know had like yeah, I just went a bit turbo on this album. So yeah, I probably put a lot of pressure on myself with that okay right well let's start your playlist alex and i'm going to ask you please yes, i just one. had it here yeah i want you to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro please okay greatest ever intro i think is mr blue sky by um electric light orchestra um and if i was to say why i would say well, what other song would you use for the intro of a movie? And I think that's why it shows how good an intro it is. It just, like, sets up anything, any kind of trouble that our main character is going to get themselves in, any kind of fun that they're going to have. It just it sets up everything. So I think it's perfect. Have you got a very visual mind when it comes to music? You instantly just lent on, on a movie then and, and you know, I... I, I... <laughs> Oh, when, I, when I'm out running or whatever and I've, I've got my music on, like, I'm picturing all sorts of things for videos and things like that. Have you got a very sort of visual way of, of, of interpreting music? No. Uh, I think it's kind of split. Like sometimes uh, I definitely think of all the words first 
sometimes I'll have an idea of a video, but I, I was terrible at visuals and I've only just recently started improving a little bit where like my managers or anyone I was working with would be like, what would you like on the cover? Or like, what are you thinking for a video? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I've got no idea. I think like, and then uh, during the lockdown, actually, I went to a record store and I just took photos of like a hundred albums. And my aim was to just be like, okay, find the ones that you like and then try and say why you like them. So it's kind of like what you do in English in like year nine or something. And I was just like, okay, this one's blue. I like that it's blue, I guess. <laughs> and then like, yeah, I guess the videos was kind of like, um, I always liked quirky videos and lots of my music videos. We've I've been lucky enough to work with super funny creative directors and writers and stuff. So yeah, I, I always enjoyed that. And then, yeah, with, I guess just being home for two years, I just spent so much time watching TV and I love TV. I could watch TV all day, every day. It's just so fun. I love movies, but mostly TV shows. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's always been separate, but hopefully there's a way that I can pull them all together at some point. When it comes to, to, to writing uh, and, and, and let's talk essentially about an intro here. If you're, if you're writing something, are you, are you affected by the the trend in, in in how a lot of kind of I guess more mainstream pop writers write insofar as they're they're tailoring their writing to make sure that they get on Spotify playlists to make sure that they've got these these songs that are short and sharp and grab people straight away and, you know a, a appeal to these algorithms and, and short attention spans of, of of young people that seem to be getting shorter. Does any of that filter into your creative process um it kind of like I try not to like it's a funny thing like I mean when I was when I was first learning to write and like first starting to write songs my instinct always instinct always was like why do you need an intro if it's unnecessary like is there a reason for the intro or does it is it just there because you don't want to sing straight away and so like that was my attitude towards introductions. I think with the Spotify thing, like with one of my songs on my new album growing up is like the intro is like really, really long. <laughs> and my label was like, we need a radio edit. And I was like, oh, but it's so nice. And they're like, yeah, but people don't care. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's rude of them. Like they should just sit there for 10 seconds longer. And yeah, I didn't know really about that. And what you said there is crazy, right? Process. 10 seconds it's not long is it it's crazy that yeah. 10 seconds yeah. is too much I think we're all guilty of it like I've definitely done it I like go and play on songs even since I was like little like my judgments definitely of songs are like very quick like honestly sometimes it's the first line and I'm like I don't think this one's for me so it's a funny like it's a it's like I definitely think the algorithms puts puts music in a weird place where like I don't know a, a funny little robot is deciding what you might like to listen to which might introduce you to something that you never would have you never would have found but also might not introduce you to something that you might have liked so I don't know it, it, we're in a complex time I think with that but the introduction thing with Spotify I think it's like the same as the conversation like 20 years ago probably with radio like yeah 
everyone would be like, like they weren't going to play Bohemian Rhapsody on the radio. And yeah, it's, it's just, I think just shifting. It's, it's always going to be changing. I don't really, I try not to think about it when I'm writing. It, otherwise you go a bit, you go a bit cuckoo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to ask you Alex for track two to tell me, please, the first yep. song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Um, so this song is called uh, They Thought I Was Asleep by Paul Kelly. And it's funny because I heard first heard this song. So the song is a narrative song. Paul Kelly is Australia's Bob Dylan. And he kind of talks about in the song, like at first you realise he's a kid in the backseat of the car and then the song kind of progresses and you realise, oh, the parents have had some sort of serious conversation. And the kid goes, oh, they thought I was asleep. And, oh, God, they were really upset. That was that was really stressful. Um, and you never find out what actually happened between the parents. You just know that the kid is, like, watching his parents in the front seat and going, there's a bigger world out there that's scary that I don't understand. And I'm, I know that I'm. it's better for me to stay asleep and for them not to know that I know these things. And I just I remember being little and hearing it in the car with my parents and just being like, whoa, that's my world. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I was probably like eight years old or something and I was like, wow, this man is like 50 and he's <laughs> describing me like a little eight-year-old and he gets it. Like, that's so real. Um, so I think that was like, that stuck with me a lot. Like, just to think about, I don't know, how you can shift perspectives and how you can relate to people that are completely different from yourself and why, yeah, you would never, I would never think of that being a significant thing, you know, sitting in the back seat of your car when your parents are having a tough conversation about whatever and just pretending to be asleep, but that hits so deep. And I think that's the skill that Paul has in that song to write from that perspective. Yeah. What was, if you had to pinpoint it, what was the emotion that you felt? I've got no idea. I think it was um, probably, I don't know, I don't know if this is emotion, but connection with another human being is like going, wow, this, someone else has felt what I'm going through. That is really funny. I'm eight and I, I'm scared about the big wide world that's coming for me in the future. And someone's been there, done that, and they're looking back and describing what I've been through, that's that's nice to know that I'm not alone. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what emotion that is, but that how, general thing. <laughs> how do you feel when you hear it now? Um, yeah, the same kind of thing. I just think, wow, what a fantastic songwriter, like that I'm so glad I was introduced to when I was little. Um, and I still hear Paul's songs and feel like, wow, I'm so amazed by how well he puts things together and writes things out. And, and yeah, so it's nice to have someone that you still admire when you're older from when you were little. Like yeah. sometimes I guess you get older and you're like, oh, they're not as cool as I thought they were when I was eight. But I still do. I think still think Paul's awesome. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> so whereabouts was growing up, Alex? was growing up whereabouts was it what do you mean where did you grow oh, up where did I do it where did I do the growing up um, <laughs> where, did you, I, where did you do all that growing up where was it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do all that growing up 
Well, I was born in Sydney. I started school in Melbourne and then I went to London. I lived in London until I was 13, 14, came back to Sydney and then, yeah, finished school in Sydney. So I kind of jumped all over the place. How was that? Um, How was that as as, as a young person? Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sort of leaving leaving your home country and, and going to another country and having to kind of make friends and things like that. Was that something that was difficult? Yeah. Yeah, it's really tricky. Like being the new kid is like just hard, especially when you're in school and school is just so your whole world and you've got like you've got to make friends there and people have their little groups and stuff. And I was always leaving and coming at times that it wasn't a point where a lot of other people were changing schools. So I always came in and was the only new kid. My sister the same. But, like, yeah, it definitely, it's twofold. I think it made me a lot more empathetic, but it was also made me a lot more stressed about having friends and, oh, my God, what if this person leaves the school then I won't have this friend there? Yeah. And so I was a bit of an anxious kid, I think, secretly. I don't think I'd told I don't think I really showed that, but I was really stressed about, yeah, oh, my God, do I fit in at this new school? And, yeah, so it's, yeah, I think that's kind of, I went to, I think, six schools or seven. Um, so, yeah, anyone that's done that, it's it's an interesting journey. It's good because now I have lots of friends all over the place. It's good being a musician now. It was, it was maybe a bit shit at the time at times, but. Now I've got all these different friends in different countries and, like, my friends from England, like, from primary school, I got to meet up with when I was at on tour uh, in March and – in March? In May. And, yeah, their parents, like, remember me from when I was eight. And then, like, I went to uni in the U.S., so, like, I have friends there when I tour. But, yeah, definitely I think it – I also, like, think that that helped me – be a better writer because I kind of have was lucky enough to be this kind of moving little 
person around the world or around different schools and meeting all these different people and and kind of getting a little glimpse into their world for a bit and then moving along and like so I was yeah I think that kind of still sticks with me now okay well we're talking school so let's Let's talk about track okay, three, school one. which is the song, yeah, that, that reminds you of your time at school, please, Alex. Uh, Remember the Days by Cat Stevens. Um, I chose that one because when I was about six, me and my friend um, Charlie, she had a little CD player and that was the only song that she had. And it was funny because I don't think we – I think we maybe were five or six, like we were just starting school. And we were singing Remember the Days of the Old School Yard. And, like, yeah, I, I knew it was funny at the time. I was like, I'm not even in school yet, but I like this song. And we liked it and we thought it was, like, I don't know, there was, there's a funny sound effect in the start and, like, we used to, like, dance around Charlie's room on the bed and play the song all the time. But, like, yeah, I just think that's so funny and cute, the, like, two, five, six-year-olds, like, reminiscing about their school days <laughs> um how i mean I'm, I'm interested to know like you said that you went to five or six different schools i can't comprehend that like uh, as somebody that only ever went to to, to you know to, to the same school and that's got children that have always gone to the same same school and and, and the thought of, sort of changing schools for my children i couldn't imagine what that how that would impact on them so what i I'm interested to know is like from that experience, do you think that's given you a, a life skill and a confidence that you've took from that? I mean, explain to me, you know, if you're going to another school and you don't know anybody, you've got to put yourself out there, haven't you? You've got to introduce yourself. Yeah. And do you think that's something that, you know, being a musician is a really fucking tough job? And like, and it's so competitive. Yeah. Do you think you've drawn from them days that you can put yourself in a Probably. situation and go, "Hey, hi, I'm Alex." Probably, I, I just like there were a few schools like that were especially tough. Like, I think when you're younger, you're a bit more resilient. People have a lot less. I don't know. They've they're not mean yet. Once and then once you hit about 13, 14, then kids can start to get a bit bit cheeky. And so I think like at on those early times when I moved schools, it was like a bit exciting, still scary. And so I kind of built that up. I think I went to maybe five schools before I was 14. So once I hit high school, I was like, nah, I've got this covered. But then I went into a new high school and I'd come back from England where I went to like a really arty school to an all-girls Catholic school in Australia and that was really tricky and I really didn't like it and I ended up moving schools from that school because it wasn't quite right for me. But like, yeah, I think like when you go into a new space as a musician, like, yeah, you it is really scary playing a show in London versus playing a show in Adelaide and you're meeting all random people and you've got to tell your little story. I think like, yeah, I was lucky enough to kind of get dropped in the deep end so often when I was little that it was just like new soccer team, new people, new this, new people, and I played lots of sports. So I was always like, yeah, having to adapt with new people and it, I wasn't very confident with it. And I think once I went to America to uni, I guess I was lucky enough to 
to go for that because I was like, okay, I think I can do this because I've moved before on my own. I don't know anyone in America, but I think it's going to be okay. And then once I did that as a grown up and started figuring out the world on my own without my parents, that was when I started like actually playing music shows on my own and knowing that I really wanted to be a musician. So like, yeah, I think the school thing was like very controlled and with my parents and, you know, I was pretty safe. But once I went to America on my own, I think that was when I kind of, yeah, just like took the training wheels off and was like, okay, I can, I can, I can do anything kind of thing. Like I can, I can get up on stage and if I suck, I suck. That's what it is, but I'm not going to die. And yeah, I may as well have a go at it. So yeah, I do think definitely. So what's your relationship yeah. like with confidence now, Alex? So what? tell me about your routine before you walk on stage. Have you got a routine before you walk out on a stage? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, so usually when people start getting into the room and like the crowd starts like getting ready for the show and there's like 10 minutes to go or something, that's when I start getting nervous. Even if I thought I wasn't nervous, I thought I wasn't nervous, I start you start to get the butterflies and going oh god okay here we go this is going to actually happen and then the best thing that I learned to do was I'll put my drink bottle or something on stage like I'll go up fix my little set list put my guitar strap on whatever and then walk off so I've already walked on up I already know what it's like to be up there and then I go and stand next to the stage and then I take a few deep breaths and, yeah, I try and remember my little – because usually I learn little jokes. So I write like a little joke, a little intro or something like that. So I'll go through my little joke, go through my first lyrics in my head and then I'll just like, yeah, try and take 10 deep breaths and then um, have a look at the front row, like try and like pick all the front row out and just see if they're – just kind of remember that they're all just people and they're not them they want you to do well they've paid to be there sometimes and like that's you know they're they're there for a reason they want to have fun and they want everyone to have fun so yeah kind of like just drops the stress level and then once I get up there yeah I'm usually fine after three songs <laughs> wonderful wonderful um for track four tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store please Alex I don't even know if this one's true. I've said the Backstreet Boys, but I think I had like a cassette player thing that my parents had given me, which I don't even know why. Cause I think CDs were more of a thing, but for some reason I had a cassette player and, and I had the Backstreet Boys on it. And like, I was way too young to understand like that the Backstreet Boys were famous or anything. I just thought like, yeah, some of the songs were funny and I liked that they did dances on the tv so yeah i don't have like a super strong memory of it but i definitely yeah you've you mentioned remember the backstreet boys you mentioned that you went to uh, a record store uh, to take all the photos of, of various covers for, yeah uh, to draw some inspiration from so uh, as, as you've got older um of record shops you know become uh, you know how important have they been in your life well it's funny because when i was little i was like when I was in England, so when I was about 13, 14, that was when LimeWire and, like, music streaming was starting. And so I never really 
bought physical music. Like I never bought CDs or anything. I, I had every, I bought songs on iTunes. Um, so yeah, record stores, like I liked going into music stores, but I never really, yeah, I, I never listened to full records. I never like really kind of, I only made my own playlists. Yeah. And so when I started releasing music, um, my managers were like, when are you going to do an album? And I was like, I don't even really know what an album is because I hadn't realized I just had playlists my whole life. So then when I made my first record, I started to learn a little bit, talk to other musicians about albums and how they were. So then by the second album, when I was in lockdown, I was like, oh, I should probably like, yeah, start to listen to some records. And then I got given a record player and I went to the record store and I was like, oh, this is really fun. And so then I got a bit obsessed and yeah, you can probably see it. It's just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. And then I bought a few albums. What did you buy? bought the Gang of Youths albums and Gang of Youths. I bought Jay-Z, the Black Album, Phoebe Bridges, I, um, lots of my friends' albums like Ruby Fields and Skeggs and Thelma Plum and stuff. Um and yeah, I just, I, Gordy, I think it was a good way as well. Like I would get off my phone and I'd just like sit there and listen to a full album. And we had like a little attic in my old chair house during lockdown. And so I'd sit up in the attic and like listen to a full album and like read all the things. And I felt like I was in a time machine or something. So yeah, I think they've, they've taken a more significant role in the last three years. I think yeah. it's really interesting <laughs> hearing, you know, Speaking to an artist that grew up in that generation. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...of LimeWire and, 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 and such, and, and being able to have everything at your disposal musically, you know, not having to rely on yeah. having 
however much money you had in your back pocket to go and buy a record, that was all you'd be able to get that week. I think that's really exciting that that you grew up in a completely different way. And so your perception of what music was was like, oh, well, we'll just get that song, that song, that song, I'll make a playlist. And it wasn't like looked upon as, yeah. even though you was making music as well. It's, it's, I think that's really fascinating that it was never like, oh, so I've got to put 10 songs together and make it a piece of art in itself. And I think that's fascinating that, yeah. you know, that you've then gone and thought, right, well, let's go and see what that's all about. And and then took in yeah. and, and sort of, you know, done your homework on what an album is, which it, it's just fascinating that it's so generational that, that, that you know, that, that the impact that, you know, the, the technology has on, on people, the way that people, oh, yeah. you, you know, get their music. It's fascinating. Yeah, I, I was always lying to people. Like, they'd be like, oh, what song is that album off? And I'd be like, oh, I can't really remember. And I knew I didn't know. <laughs> like, I never knew any albums or their names or anything. Like, none. Until recently, then I've started to listen to a few. But, like, yeah, I think that's so, especially being in the music industry now, when people, like, yeah, say, like, this is my favourite album of all time. And I'm like, mm, yeah, of course, I know that one. <laughs> um so yeah, it's a funny. It's been a funny learning curve. I've got a long way to go for sure. Um, right, I'm going to take you clubbing, uh, and for track five, okay. Alex, tell me the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. <laughs> I mean, you're you're young. I'm you're sure. still clubbing, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And, um, al- and also, said, this, this yeah. song isn't just got to be, you know, uh, some kind of huge IB for type club. This can be a dirty dive bar playing rock music. This can be anything, <laughs> anything that kind of has been symbolic in your life of going out and socialising, a big song like that. But, yeah, question's yours. <laughs> okay. So, well, I said, unfortunately, the American anthem was played too much. And uh, that was because, so I, when I went to uni, I was on Long Island and there were these bars, like these uni bar kind of things, and uh, one of them is called McKeebs. And actually, during the 2016 election, McKeebs was getting shut down. So behind Hillary Clinton at all of the things, there were massive signs saying, save McKeebs. Um, and so it's just like the worst bar you've ever seen in the world. It's disgustingly dirty. But on Fridays, they'd have like a happy hour and no one had school on Friday. No one had college. And so at four o'clock we'd pack like 20 kids into a van that was made to fit like five people in and get one taxi and like drop all of us off with our little bud lights at the at this McKeebs bar and then yeah you'd stay there till like 10 and then come back but I think it was always nine o'clock they'd shut off all the music the bartenders would get up on the bar with the American flag and they would sing the American anthem. Oh my God. And, like, the first time I went there, I was, like, half my soccer team um, was Swedish, and then I was adopted by them because there were no other Australians. So I was, like, yeah, experiencing this with them. And, and we were all just, like, oh, my God, is this real? Like, And then we suddenly got used to it because they just sing the American anthem just all the time over there. And, like... Yeah, it was just the weirdest thing and it would always be like you'd had five hours in the club so you were pretty daisy by then and then they just start singing that song and you're just kind of like, what the hell? Um, but, yeah, it was probably that one and then like 
chicken fried. You know, I like my chicken fried. Oh, yeah. That was just like all the time. Just oh. Americans and their country music and their national anthem. They just, they love that. They love that stuff. I, I can't, I can't even touch on chicken fried. I can't get past the American anthem. I, when you sent that yeah. over, I went through the internet trying to find some like club rave anthem called the American anthem. And all I kept finding was, oh. was the national anthem. And I was thinking, surely nobody plays the national anthem they in do. a fucking nightclub. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. There, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of crazy people in America that I'm sure love that shit. Mm-hmm. But oh, they loved it. They were, they loved it. It was the best time for them. And yeah, it was just so weird. I, I, and you couldn't say to them it was weird. Like you'd be like, "This is a bit unusual," and they'd be like, "What the hell do you mean?" <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, no worries. <laughs> I, uh, I, I I run nightclubs in the UK. Um, the thought at like at a certain point in the evening, just turning off the music and going right, we're all going to sing uh, the, uh, the 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 national anthem of, uh, of yeah, we're now going to sing God Save the Queen. Right, everybody, sing up. People will be like, so you're so embarrassing, drugs, man. Like we are not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a special place. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. We talked about confidence earlier, Alex. I want to um, talk yep. to you about uh, a, 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 another another thing now in regards to the industry that you've chosen uh, to, 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 to form a, a, you know, an impressive career within, which is a very, as I touched on, a really difficult and competitive industry. Um, how driven are you? <laughs> um. Pretty, pretty driven. I would, I would say. I think it's funny because, like, with soccer or with like school or uni, I tried really hard. Like, I did my best, and I, I sat behind and trained extra and all of those things. But I just didn't care that much. Whereas with music, I really do care. And so I don't know if it's driven or just like obsessed, like I just love it. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't think I would be very good at anything else. So I think I just try really hard at it because I really like it. So I don't know, like I don't, I don't have an end point to drive to. Like I have goals and stuff like that, but I think like, yeah, when I, when I, my, my driving factor is to do to be able to do more music. Um, that's that's kind of what the aim is like, yeah. and so yeah, that's that's kind of yeah what what happens for me. I guess I, I get obsessed. That's one of my things. I can get like super obsessed with something. Like at the moment, I'm doing the animations for the festival I'm playing in Australia when my album comes out. And I've just been animating for like 14 hours a day. And my girlfriend is like about to steal my computer. And I just, I can't stop. I'm just going to make these fish swim really, really well. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love it. I love learning. And like, yeah, especially when it comes to like, I don't know, music learning. It's really fun. I, but I get obsessed with everything as well. Like I'll go and buy a book about, I don't know, 
learning French and I'll be like, now I'm going to learn French today and just love it. And then draw, I've got a drawing book. I drew, I'd like on the plane to England, I was like, I want to learn to draw. And I saw, like, I'm so bad at drawing, but I was having fun with it. <laughs> I sat there for five hours on the plane and just tried to draw. And yeah, I think that's, yeah. But that's 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 having a, a, a that's having a, a kind of a creative mind, isn't it? I think so. I hope so. Yeah, it feels like healthy. Like I'm not trying to be the best at everything. I just really like doing random stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's take you home. Um, okay. Favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Okay, so we're going with Paul Kelly again, um, and Deeper Water. Deeper Water is the song that I chose for my university, uh, not my university, my year 12, so like our A-levels, um, music, what was it, like a music essay we had to write. And I just think it's so funny because I had to listen to it so many times and now my managers manage Paul Kelly uh, as well. So I've met Paul a couple of times and I've been lucky enough to play some shows with him. But like, in uni, I, I mean, sorry, in high school, like at the end of high school, I wrote this whole thing about the electric guitars signify Paul's entering his teenage years, <laughs> like this big dramatic thing. And it's just, it's such a beautiful song. He wrote it so well, but I just, I wish I could find that terrible essay that I wrote about it um, for year 12. <laughs> like, that'd be pretty funny. How was it um, meeting him after, obviously, you know, the, the, how important his music have been in your in your life from obviously from, from very early on you know we, we, we on, on yeah. track two you was talking about him and that you know the impact that he had on you as just as a child like how was it to sort of finally sort of you know be in a room with him and, and chat yeah it's just surreal like because yeah it's a funny thing like I just had so many questions for him about music and um he's so nice and so like like calm which is so the opposite of me and so when I like first got to meet him there was my favorite song when I was little was called The Pretty Place and there's a there's a name in it called Charlie Boots and I was like oh hi Paul and then I think I waited like maybe a couple minutes and I was like in The Pretty Place who is Charlie Boots and he was like what (laughs) he was like oh I just thought it was a good name just made it up and I was like okay and yeah so to get it to get to kind of ask someone like that the questions like it's just so cool it's so like he's so yeah he's so kind and like during lockdown I sent him an email and I was like I don't know how to write any more songs what do I do and he was like just go for a walk just put it down like read a book do something else like yeah to have someone like that as someone that would like that gives advice to me every now and again and and loves sport and loves learning like it's just a dream come true really to be around people like that that yeah really care about what they're doing I think that's the main thing about Paul he really loves music and like I get to spend time with people that really really love music as well and that have dedicated their whole lives to it um yeah so it's surreal like when I get to meet people like Paul or I met, I played a festival with Lily Allen and I got to meet her because yeah, when I was a little and growing up 
in England, uh, London came out and Lily was the first person on the radio that I heard who was telling really story songs. And I don't think she gets recognised for that very much, but I just loved them and I thought it was so, they were so vivid and the visuals and she's fantastic and she's funny and, yeah, so, yeah, when I got to meet her, I just was like a little kid. I was just like a 12-year-old just being like, I didn't I didn't even know what I said to her, but she was, she was so nice and polite and, yeah, I just have to pinch myself. It's just it's surreal, it's so exciting when I get to do, yeah, to talk to people like that about music. <laughs> well, for the last track, sometimes yeah. this, this question does throw people a little bit, but... Uh, <laughs> So I'm going to put you on the spot here. So Okay, I'm happy with that. So for this one, Alex, this uh, this track is one that, it's just a song that you think that listeners of this podcast might not know, or it's just a song that you want to really recommend and just go, look, go check this out. This is this song blew my mind, and I, I want it to blow yours. Okay, okay, I've got one. Okay. Um, and I'm going to find it right now. It's like a song that I always use as my references for everything. And um, let's find it. It's called Young Fathers by Typhoon. Okay. Um, I don't know what how I how I got to um find it. I think I used to use like kind of a similar thing to Pandora, like it was like a radio playlist and people could put their playlists on while I was studying and then this song came on and I was just like, whoa, this is a massive, massive song. And I listen to it all the time. It's so good. Like, yeah, it's just like about, um, it's about, I, I mean, it's called Young Fathers, so I don't really know what that means, but I think it's it's kind of like uh, father and son-ish. It's like someone going through the world and being the same age as, their parents were when they gave birth to them and everything that's going on in the world and the climate change and all of that and just being like, yeah, this is a tricky, big, complicated existence we have. Um, yeah, there's lots of fun sounds and it's very, like, uh, funnily produced and I don't know, it's so good. It's, it's literally in every one of my references for everything. I just always want to copy it. I just want, wish I wrote it kind of thing. I just, every time I listen to it, I'm just mad at them. I'm just like, how did you do this? Well, Can you just let me have it? <laughs> we put together a, a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast and we put all of the songs that you oh, cool. picked on there. So people can go and uh, listen to that and we'll put your music on there as well, of course. Um, so, excuse me. <clears throat> as um, yeah. 2022... Uh, he's, 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 well, we're steaming into it now. We're over the halfway period now. For the rest of yeah. this year, what are you looking forward to personally, Alex? And what's going to be happening professionally? Um, it's funny for me, they just intersect so much. Like, yeah, I'm, I've got Splendor in the Grass, which is like the biggest Australian festival in, tri- in two weeks. Oh, God. Now. And it's been cancelled for three years and it's my favourite festival in the world and all my team is going, my family's going, friends. And just, like, to be back together with so many people is just so nice. Um, and then I get to go on tour with my band who I haven't gotten to travel with 
because they started being my band in like February of 2020. Um, so yeah, I guess those things are things I'm most excited for at the moment. I think I probably want to go on holidays at some point. I kind of just want to sit on a beach and be a seal and <laughs> just not move. That that would be nice. Um, and yeah, I think I think I'm just excited about like yeah, getting to be a musician again and. I would love to travel. I might be coming back to the UK again this year and my best friend lives in London and yeah, I, I just, I went there recently and just being able to travel again is just my favorite thing. We went to Spain and I got to go to Iceland um, to record a music video. So yeah, just adventuring. I, I don't mind what happens. So just keep, yeah, keep going. Lovely. Um, Alex, it's been an absolute joy talking records with you like thanks so much Aww. for your time mate um and if people, thank you <laughs> if people want to uh, keep up to speed with what you're doing where's the best place to follow you alex yeah um uh spotify instagram whatever youtube i've got all alex the astronaut on all of them um apple music and wherever you listen to your music you can yeah i think the pre-orders for the album are still my new album, How to Grow a Sunflower Underwater, uh, comes out on the 22nd of July. So is that out? <laughs> it may be already gone or? Yeah. I reckon we'll get that out by then. Uh, the podcast will be out by then. So uh, so go pre-order it. Um, <laughs> yeah, pre-order it. <laughs> don't know how time works in this world. <laughs> uh, honestly, Alex, I've had such a such a joyful time um, chatting records with you, mate. Um, have a lovely day. Okay. Thank you. There you go. Oh, how lovely was Alex? What a great chat. Um, a little bit at first, gl- not, not glitchy, but like the delay, I guess. Um but that's what happens when, you know, you want to talk to these people that are on the other side of the planet. Uh, but technology allows us to do that. And what glorious thing that is. Um, yeah, lovely. What a what a beautiful... I mean, go over to Patreon and watch that episode because, yeah, Alex did not stop smiling. Um, yeah, just uh, clearly a very, a very uh, wonderfully happy soul and... Yeah, the, the 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 music. Go go check her stuff out. Uh, it's it's glorious, um, and yeah, I think we're done. I mentioned at the beginning um, that there's a Patreon and there's give us a you know a follow on the socials. I mean, I should also say if this was your first time listening, thanks. Um, welcome to the the the, the podcast. You're, you're very late to the party, but. Um, we're over 400 episodes, but yeah, go check out the back catalogue. You can hear me talking to Foo Fighters, Killers, Suede, Idols, Fatboy Slim, uh, God, um, Motley Crue, uh, God. Go and have a look. I, I could try and rattle off a load more names and always say the same names, but just go and have an explore. You'll find loads over there. So uh, go enjoy it. And everything else you need to know um, about Patreon, socials, everything. Go to me, uh, me website, offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'll see you next time. In the meantime, um, be lovely to each other, and, uh, and I'll see you soon. Much love. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whiffin. Eat it,